Welcome back to the Spurs Insider Podcast from the soundproof, highly secure uh, Spurs Insider Podcast headquarters. We have had an entire week off. Gentlemen, we had five days off. The beat writers did from any kind of Spurs activity at all in terms of games. How, how, how have you guys how you guys dealt with the uh, with the time away from at least the arena? There were a couple of practices. Number one, you said an entire week off he, and then five days. He, I don't think well, you know how time works. Okay. <laughs> He qualified it, though. He said from any game activities. We didn't have the entire week off, but any Correct. game activities. But it's still only five days, not not a whole week. We are back here with sports editor Nick <laughs> Talbot, uh, the beat writing duo of the great Tom Orsborn and the also-present Jeff McDonald. I am your host, Mike Finger. We are heading into the kind of second act of the Spurs season, that first 20-some-odd games led us to believe that they're not a playoff team, but it ended with, with kind of style. The the Houston Rockets game that they've won since the last podcast, officially when the NBA denied the po- protest, and then quite a, a barn burner against the Sacramento Kings. White knuckle affairs. Right. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I, I, don't like, I don't like to be the uh, rain cloud on everything, but you're about four points away from they lost both those games and everything's still terrible. So Correct. But... But I guess they, they sure. didn't. They got they you know they got the Ws. They yeah. know how to play a close game. That's for sure. Yeah, finally, yeah. finally, finally, yeah. maybe that's what you take out of it. Yeah, down it by is. nine, and what was it against Sacramento? About a minute fifty left. Our mm-hmm. friend, uh, our friend Jordan with the Spurs, who pulls up all kinds of stats for us. I think he pointed out it was the only time in league history that a team was trailing by eight points or more in the last two minutes, two times in a row in one of those games. I mean, that's pretty esoteric, but yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's tough to do, yeah. to pull those kind of comebacks off two games in a row. And to Jeff's point, we could, be talk, we could easily be talking here about how this team has to come to grips with the fact that they're not going to be a playoff team and this is going to be a weird whole rest of the season where they have no hope. But it seems like heading into we're taping this at the secure location a few hours before the Spurs return to action against the Cleveland Cavaliers, who Jeff informed me before the game, before the podcast, no longer employ LeBron James. Yeah, well, that's that's. I didn't know why you were going. I, I just want to let you know. I see. That LeBron LeBron don't work there no more. That's disappointing. But actually, you're you're contractually obligated obligated to refer to them as lowly Cleveland Cavaliers. The that's low- their full name now. Well, I'm, after the the Rockets game, which is officially a victory, and that Kings um, way too dramatic comeback for the Spurs. I mean. The, if if you beat the Cavaliers tonight, there's a chance the Spurs are just a game out of like seventh place in the in the Western Conference. So, wh- how would you categorize where the Spurs stand? What what their realistic hopes for for the rest of the season are going into this? I mean, they kept they kept themselves in it to now up to now. I mean, if if we're sitting here talking about a terrible three game losing streak, then they didn't keep themselves in it. So, mm-hmm. at this point, they've kept them. They've given themselves a chance, but it's there's still a lot of heavy lifting. To do before you can really feel super great about them finishing seventh or eighth. Yeah, you, you can't say the worst is over with that rodeo road trip right. uh, looming. I mean, it could. I don't envision another eight game losing streak, but there's going to be rough patches for sure. This is the part of the schedule, and it doesn't last very long. But having just played Sacramento, having five full days off where they had what a couple practices, but really didn't do a whole lot. Two practices. Um, this is the part of the schedule where you could kind of take some take advantage of, of what's in front of you. They've got Cleveland. They've got Tom, you're making the Mexico City this trip to play the Suns, who are kind of fading a bit lately. This is a chance for them to at least kind of get back 
towards 500 and, and get into the mix. But like I said earlier, it doesn't last long because there's other Western Conference teams waiting and the schedule doesn't have many yeah. dips in it. You follow Houston, you follow Phoenix with Houston, a game right. at Houston. Uh, so right. it's going to be uh, something all the way. Elsewhere on the schedule, though, you got Detroit coming to town, and there's just no yeah. way they're going to lose to Detroit. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And, and if they I, do, it'll be a close game. It'll be close, yeah. 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 There's yeah. no way. I guarantee you the Spurs will not set another record for worst loss in all history, in club history, to the Pistons. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb there. They're, if they lose, it will be within yeah. 34. Yeah. Actually, they better they better win that game. That's, that's bad. I think uh, past that, there's like Golden State at home on New Year's Eve mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Oklahoma City at home. These aren't like at surefire. Me- nothing's a surefire win with the Spurs, but they're winnable games for the next few weeks. At Memphis at before Memphis. Christmas. But Never got, would lose to Memphis. <laughs> you got Dallas after Christmas. Uh, yeah, there's no – can't really circle a game and say it's a slam dunk for these guys. Right. But they're not playing the Lakers four times in a row either. Right. I did want to hit on, it's been, it seems like forever since the Spurs played a game last, but in the last game that the Spurs did play on Friday night, the hero of that game was one of the heroes of this podcast is Marco Bellinelli. What a what a clutch player. It just validates everything we've been saying in this highly secure room all year about how Marco Bellinelli yeah. is the clutch guy for the Spurs. He needs to play more. Forget Lonnie Walker the fourth. More Marco all of the time, and and Tom he he told you that he 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 was a little angry heading into that three. Yeah, he was. He was angry, uh, and uh, but the great thing about that shot was it was perfectly executed. It Pop, was. Pop, uh, I'm not going to say he drew it up. It's a play they use, and uh, Lamarcus set a great screen, and he was wide open. Got the ball kicked back by uh, DeRozan. DeRozan, yeah. So if he misses that one, you know. They cut him. People were people were firing up their um, DeRozan is a terrible clutch player takes right in the middle of that play because <laughs> it looked like yeah it looked like he was about to dribble and just into nothing yeah. and that he was gonna let a winnable game slip away again. But it seemed he like he sold sorted, it. He knew what he was doing. He sold it because they needed they needed the three to tie. He he takes the ball, dribbles a while. He's he's. The seconds are going off the clock. How is he going to screw this up? And then he dribbles inside the three-point line. They don't need a two-pointer. What are you doing, DeMar DeRozan? They're setting up Spurs insider podcast hero Marco Bellinelli to hit the, the leaning three-pointer to yeah. send it to overtime. Yeah. And DeMar, Quite a thing. And DeMar played well both down the stretches of those games and made key yeah. plays on both ends of the floor yeah. to kind of, you know, win yeah. those games. He, he showed – yeah, some he, semblance of he, being cool, he, that clutch guy. He had more successful threes than twos against the Kings. That was what weird. is going yeah. on? Yeah, yeah. Well, he finished better against the Kings than he like. There was a point mid second half, late late third quarter, early fourth quarter. Where it looked like this is even though Demar Derozan had hit some three pointers. This was not a good Demar Derozan game. But, yeah, not, like, not yeah. going on the highlight. But what? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And the anti Demar crowd hangs on what? Three technicals. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. got three technicals for the season. It's I w- ridiculous. I will say that he's entering that point where his frustration with the officiating is not helpful. And every NBA, lots of NBA players go through that. But his frustration level now is he's he tends to be driving towards the basket, and when he's not getting the foul, he's like upset almost prematurely. Right. And yeah. he's smarter than that. Like that's that, yeah. that sort of needs but, to stop. Yeah, 
He finished with what six, seven, eight last year, I think. Yeah. Um, he claimed that the 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 third one he got against the Kings was on behalf of the team. That that he was uh, he was tired of the the collective group not getting calls. I got That's you. what he said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where where does he stand? Where does the the rotation stand? And Jeff has mentioned this before that. Papa likes to look at, at seasons in terms of 20 games, or coaches like to, to look at, at seasons in kind of in quadrants. Uh, this is They're just past that first quadrant now. you got DeJounte Murray, who apparently doesn't have a minutes restriction anymore. Does, does the rota- has the rotation taken a shape that's different than it was to start the season? What, what's, what have been the biggest changes? I mean, Murray would be the biggest change, Yeah. right? I mean, he wasn't moved to the bench because of a minutes restriction. He was moved to the bench because... That seemed to make more sense with the way the season was going. And it looks like he's going to stay there. And so he's not on a minutes restriction, but his minutes might be limited on a game-to-game basis by the fact that he's coming off the bench. I guess like he might, he, I don't think you would just lock him in for 30, 35 minutes a night. I think it depends on how the night goes. Yeah. Would you say there's still a question mark uh, next to Lonnie Walker's name? Uh, I don't know what it's – what it's what happened? What did he play against the Kings? Like 15 minutes? Yeah, two, two points. It was a very unremarkable – uh, performance coming off the the legendary performance. A legendary, <laughs> which which we haven't discussed this either, because when we taped the last Spurs Insider podcast, which is here to help promote the Spurs Nation newsletter, which you should all subscribe to and subscribe to Express News and go to expressnews.com, all, all that stuff. Hey, I meant to tell you, did you know you can listen to podcasts on your telephone now? This is big news. I I. Was vaguely aware of this, but have you figured out how to do that? Yeah, I have. I've been listening to uh, other podcasts that are not this one. <laughs> um, and what I noticed on them, and all of them, like there'll be a spot where they'll do like a uh, like they'll um, a break. Like yeah, well, they'll sponsor. Yeah, they'll talk about like uh, like I a guess the, yeah, and, and I guess they're paid money to talk about that product. This is one of our goals for the podcast. Well, this I think that's a bonus. Is we're ad free. <laughs> We're commercial free. But we would appreciate not being ad free if anybody wants to like well, like somebody could give us like 15 bucks and it'd be like the Spurs Insider podcast presented by Craig or something like that. <laughs> by Craig. Yeah. Or I'm no longer how about this? I'm no longer going to tell the listeners what beverage you are you are Oh yeah. sipping yeah. because that would be that would be giving away the the sponsorship there. So Right now, Jeff is unscrewing a 20-ounce bottle of something. So any beverage maker could now would you buy my loyalty. Would you, would, I hope it's not milk. Would you, <laughs> would you drink just about any beverage for the... Uh, I hope it's not milk. Just no milk. We'll take milk. Uh, Tom will put milk in his in his uh, uh, pink... Is that mauve pink? Your, your coffee cup there? Salmon. 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 So they Salmon can sponsor colored. that. They could sponsor the the unkempt hoodies and and stocking caps that Jeff wears in the studio. All that kind of stuff. We're we're looking for any of that stuff. But yes, for now the podcast, also Craig will work. <laughs> Craig, if Craig wants to make a donation, Craig, if you're out there, fifteen bucks, buddy. Um. Anyway, go on with the enough nonsense. Back to the Spurs. Since since the last podcast, there was the official ruling from the NBA, which I alluded to earlier that the p- protest was denied. And I think this was the only option that the NBA had there. You couldn't make them, you couldn't just give the Rockets two points after the hardened disappearing dunk that he clearly made but didn't count. Like it, And to be clear, Houston fans have been upset about 
what we've said about this, but the, the point is, yes, Houston was screwed by not getting the two points. They should have gotten And that. the NBA admitted yeah. that. And, and they should have, it should have been fixed at the time. And the but, NBA admitted that. Exactly. But you can't just add two points to their score no. and give them the win because that no. makes zero sense. No. Everything that changed, everything changes after that, and you can't really make them play the entire 750. It's over too long. And it's, it's too long. I wonder what had happened if instead of at the 750 mark, it was at the 50 second mark. I think that it would have, could have been replayed. At yeah, that point. I think the whole point is where the mistake happened. And it's just not 750. You get two overtimes on top mm-hmm. of you that yes. they play. They, they you're sacrificing I, I did like that the, the league's basic position was, uh, yeah, we screwed up, but like Houston shouldn't have blown a lead. That's <laughs> it. Did Mike. As, Mike D'Antoni expressed disappointment that the referees got disciplined. Did I read that correctly? I'm not sure I saw that. Yeah, I thought. I didn't see that. Somebody, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think the discipline somebody was? Somebody from the Houston <laughs> camp expressed disappointment that they got disciplined. What do we think, like, what was the James Caper discipline? James Caper's discipline. He was the lead official that night. He, don't do it again. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. Well, you, you know, a lot of it. Corner? Well, how would you discipline your, your daughters, Jeff, if they uh, screwed I up the end They just like, run roughshod over the whole world so yeah like i I don't want to like admit to stuff on the podcast get dps called or whatever (laughs) cps dps is a motor vehicles that's correct i don't want either of them the well the other thing the going back to it like it's because no one understands the stupid coaches challenge that's that's the root of the whole problem uh, in that game, and the, the coaches, coaches didn't understand it. The referees didn't really understand it. And the coaches' challenge is still kind of ridiculous. And nobody, none of them wanted it. None of them asked for it. Right. We could have a whole podcast about what what the heck is going on with that. And they took your chair on courtside to to have the to do something no one wants and has screwed up the game. Yes. I know it's kind of karma, to be honest. Do they have to twirl their finger? I believe do they, they do. Yeah. Which yeah. For the longest time, I thought that's why Pop was never going to challenge anything because he was never going to do the actual gesture. Like it's just not cool. Well, well, I, I was correct. D'Antoni, I hate it for them, the referees. They just made a mistake. I mean, we all make mistakes, so I hate it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. The, another part of the coaches' challenge that is, seems to come up, especially with the Spurs over and over again, are there's these unintended – like you can win a challenge and still be worse off. The, at the end of the Kings game, Pop made a successful challenge mm-hmm. on that play when they were – they set a – trap in the final minute mm-hmm. the Spurs basically got a steal there was mm-hmm. a I, I, I don't remember who the, yeah. the foul was called against but either De, Mur- DeRozan or Mur- Murray, Murray yeah against yeah. Murray him and Patty trap there was an trap. immediate what in football would be an immediate recovery like the, mm-hmm. the ball was tipped away and and a Spurs player immediately grabbed it it should have been Spurs ball at the mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. they call the pop calls for the coach's challenge it's upheld he gets it right like there was not a foul there but the result was not that it was the Spurs ball. The result was that it's a, what was it, a jump ball. Jump ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the jump ball leads to Sacramento ball, which means that the Spurs have to waste time committing a foul. They would have been better off if, they, yeah, if the yeah. original foul had yeah. been called. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, coaches challenge, it, it, I don't know anybody who likes it. It doesn't seem to be working in any way, and I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I, I would be surprised if they just do away with it because it seems to be entrenched. Well, but for I, this year, I think you could talk about doing away with it for next season. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. If nobody I, I think wants that'd be it. Wise. I think that'll be wise. The what? I mean, I mean, we we talked earlier this year about how the Spurs weren't finishing games, and yes, both of these games were kind of um, flukish in that they needed a twenty-point comeback against the Rockets, and they let the Kings do way too much 
for the, that game was just horribly played down the stretch by both teams. Yeah, yeah. It's not like the Spurs were just super clutch. Yeah, let's but, not limit it to down the stretch either. Right. The whole game was <laughs> awful. But it is somewhat encouraging to see the Spurs play well in the final two minutes of two games yeah. in a row. Isn't yeah. it just a matter of these things? But, you play you you play all these coin flip games, and they just some of them work out, and some of them yeah, don't. Yeah, Like they were on the bat. They were at some point like two and nine in those types of games for a while, mm-hmm. which usually those are just going to even out, and that, that's. Kind of, I, I, look, I hate to not give them credit for that, but a lot of it is just yeah. They didn't Sacra- put stuff Sacramento misses so what three or four three pointers, you know, in the final thirty seconds or less than that. And they even. gave they gave so many offensive rebounds. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. On another I mean, night, they hit one of those. So. Patty Mills gets gets fouled on a three point shot and misses the first two free throws, yeah. which never happened yeah, for right, Patty Mills. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was just contagious the the ineptitude there for a while, yeah. and the, the Spurs held on. And then you think Sacramento that was their one chance in their Texas t- triangle to win a game. They had to come through and play basically three games in like four nights, uh-huh. and they end up beating both the Mavs and the Rams. Yeah, and the Spurs needed some losses there. They did. Like it did. <laughs> Not on Marco's watch. <laughs> not on Marco's watch. Not on Marco's watch. This comes up in the podcast a lot in terms of playoff seating, and we've talked about the rest of the West. But there's another opportunity just to talk about those other teams that are in that 7 to like 12 range. None of them are really pulling away. No. But like mm-hmm. Sacramento looks pretty good. Yeah. Lately. They, they tend to do this all year. Like at one point, Phoenix looks great and Sacramento looks terrible. Now they've, they've kind of switched directions. So. One thing about, I know, Jeff, you're new to podcasts and you just figured out you could listen to them on your phone. But something that should be pointed out, the um, the listeners cannot see you. So when you make these big hand motions, what, he was, what Jeff was doing earlier was moving his hand up and down in a fluctuating manner. And I'm not sure the, the, the listeners were able to. When you say the, the Kings do this, like they can't see that. My lord, you're pedantic. Can we go on? <laughs> okay. Okay. That's an excellent word for it. <laughs> the the Phoenix Suns are a playoff contender and they will be hosting in quotation marks the Spurs in Mexico City this weekend. Tom, you're you're going to be covering that one. Excited about going south of the border? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's, a, <laughs> it's an in and out trip. Uh, we were talking to Jakob Pertle and Derek White about it, and somebody asked him, "You going to do any sightseeing?" And no, I mean, it's just they right. leave after it's, the game. Yeah, like it's, they want to yeah. get out of there. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they leave before the game is played when the arena burns down. Who did the yeah. last one when the arena burned? Yeah. Was that you? Jeff. Jeff. I was there. Jeff. That was amazing. Yeah, that's still one of the like the nights on this beat I'll never forget because I, I just thought I was going to die. For our listeners who are not viewers, can you uh, just refresh their memories as to what all went into the Spurs' last trip to Mexico City? Uh, well, there was one, there's been one since then. Oh, there has been. Yeah. They went and lost to uh, the Suns. Devin Booker scored about 50 That's on them. That's right. Uh, but that was, this was two trips ago. I don't remember what year it was anymore. Mm-hmm. Kevin Love was still on the Minnesota Timberwolves at the time. Mm-hmm. And you showed up to the arena? Yeah, we all got to the arena and did like uh, – the coaches' pregame stuff, and then like it was a bad deadline game, so I'd get some stuff early. So I was talking to Monte Ginobili out there, just about being, you know, on the sideline during warmups. Like people are warming up, and we're looking around. And it's like it's smoky. Like, well, this is not right. But no one's like freaking out. No one's like ushering us out of the arena. We're just I'm just sitting there talking to Manu, and eventually people come and like you. We got to get out of here. There's a problem. Like we're watching it. I, if like on the tape, there's probably me like talking to Monty going like what did you what is that and there's like smoke coming out of like the vents at the top of the arena he's motioning with his hands as he, he points then, up um, to the vents <laughs> and then we had to go out on this loading dock 
and just wait and wait and wait. And like I had gotten there on an NBA bus, Mm -hmm. but as soon as this happened, it was like every man for themselves. I never saw an NBA person again. (laughs) We're out on a loading dock, like, and and it's below street level, so there's uh, more gesturing. There's just crowds like around the railing, like looking down at us and like hooting. And I, you know, we had heard at this time about how violent and terrible Mexico is. Um, This was even pre, pre. this era of politics, but it was just like the players were not supposed to leave their their their. Uh, By the way, Jeff was not making any generalizations about Mexico. He's <laughs> saying that people were warning, making general warnings, general warnings right. to the which players, which did not prove to be accurate at all. But you but have Jeff, that. Jeff had a wonderful time. You Mexico. have that in the back of your mind while you're sitting here, and there's because of uh, hyperbolic warnings about these types of things right. that go through your mind. But it's in the back of your but mind. But you are not making any generalizations, right? But it's in the back of your mind as you're standing there and right. you're surrounded by, you know, millionaire athletes. Right. You feel like you're a sitting duck. Right. All of a sudden, you hear, like, you, you in the distance, you're like, pop, 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 pop. Like, I hope those are fireworks. Right. Um, I, like, there was never, like, the, so, M- there was so, never, like, a press conference. Like, right. like, the NBA didn't come out. Nobody from the NBA came out and said, we're leaving now. Load on these buses. Let's all go back. The so, way I found out is I was standing there talking to, like, to some of the Spurs TV crew, mm-hmm. and like the equipment guy walks by and tells the TV crew, get on the bus. Pop says we're leaving. <laughs> and I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I don't, I got here on an NBA bus. They've abandoned me. I'm in the middle of, you know, fireworks going off and people hooting and hollering at us. No Uber back then. No Uber back then. Um, How did you get back? Uh, one of the Spurs TV crew like just grabbed another guy that works for the Spurs that he knew, mm-hmm. um, says, this guy speaks Spanish, go with him. <laughs> and so I grabbed him and I grabbed uh, Jerry Zagoda, who was covering the game for the Minnesota paper, mm-hmm. and just dragged, Jerry, come with us, and dragged him into this, like with these people who I vaguely knew worked for the Spurs. More gesturing. Um, they said, they, what he said was, we have a cab, come with us. So we got in the cab and it was like a van, and we like it took us like two hours to get back to the hotel because it was just, Bumper to bumper, like the worst traffic you've ever seen. So a hotel, the what? JW oh, Marriott? Yeah. yeah. And we, I, well, I just went back to the team hotel, and I was going to figure it out from there. But Two-hour two walk. Come to, come to find out later, like that wasn't even their cab. They had just taken a cab that was, that was waiting for, that had been called for someone else. Your commitment and your, your, your just ability to weather that is just astounds me. Like what an ordeal for you. I mean, the... the the arena caught on fire in the middle of Mexico, and I was abandoned there. And somehow you managed to get back. And the only Spanish I like, I used to know more Spanish. Now mm-hmm. all I know is, you know, ordering food. Mm-hmm. So, where, did you, where did you file that night? Well, at that point, I really just had to file a couple graphs on uh, the arena burned down. No game. So uh, the back of a Mexican cab. Wi-Fi? I, I or, suppose I was using some sort of like a oh the air card air card or something yeah that is a fascinating story yeah Tom Tom hopefully your trip goes better this weekend with the Spurs I, I sure hope so. so I always got to bring up the Cowboys on, uh-huh. on the podcast oh yeah you've done please, some Cowboys trips free. there I spent a week down there uh, in ninety four ninety five mm-hmm. very nice time no no fire no smoke yeah. it was yeah, yeah. smooth. They, they don't consider Taco Bell Mexico f- Mexican food down there too. Right. Right. This was something I found out. <laughs> they have um, th- there's altitude concerns with this, right? Like this will be. It is. It's it's a bigger altitude game than Denver. Than Denver. Yeah. yeah. Wait, do you ever consider Taco Bell Mexican no. food? Please, uh, no. thank you. All right, I had, a, I had we had a, we had to clarify that. All right. We always have to clarify things that he says. <laughs> 
I feel like the whole, my whole job here is like to, the the qualifiers, the um, to tamp down potential outrages. Well, you do a great job of it. Thank you. What what is the attitude going into the, an interesting thing this weekend? And we're going to wind it down with this is like trade season sort of opens up because the guys who just signed as free agents In over July, the summer. Yeah. <laughs> are now eligible to be traded. So traditionally, like this, I think it's December 14th, so over the weekend, where basically everybody in the league now is eligible to be traded, which has been preventing things from, those kind of deals from happening over the past couple months. Now, if you wanted to put a, and I'm not saying this is happening, but a LaMarcus Aldridge or DeMar DeRozan on the block, say they're available, there are more potential ways for the salaries to match up because basically everybody can be traded now. When, what do you think is a realistic target date for Greg Popovich, R.C. Buford, Brian Wright, any of these decision makers to say, if we're not a contender by this time, then we need to really consider making these types of deals? Trade deadline, yeah. maybe late January, you start looking, looking that way. So I, you, I don't think there's any reason to sort of rush right. into something. Right. Tom, you you wrote something about Demar being what the veteran, becoming more of the veteran leader on this team. Do you think that that plays into how they view him and how they kind of consider whether they want to keep him here not only for the rest of the year but but past that? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, the point of the story was that they, you know, he does he's done so much during this this losing streak that people don't see. I mean, he's. Mm-hmm. Brings a good attitude. He's helped him weather it. Um, Those three you know, technicals, but, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. What but a what a jerk. I don't. I don't think that would play into no. it. Yeah. I mean, I th- uh, I think if you decide you're not a you're not a playoff contender, you're. Not, I mean, I I just think you got to look at trade tomorrow anyway. I would not I would, not even because of his on court performance or right. good or bad. Just you're. I don't think you're going to keep him past this season. So if you can flip him for something. I don't see why you don't look into doing that. Yeah, it's a, more of a contract thing than an encore performance right, at some point. Right, the The factors that go into this are, as I see them, are these. He's not going to sign a an extension during the season because he considers himself to be a max player type of guy, and the Spurs just aren't going to do that with him. He's, I don't think the Spurs have any intention of signing him to a max deal. And so he sees it as I have a chance to be a free agent next summer. I'm, that's my chance to get a deal that pays me what I think I deserve. And it's better to have multiple teams bidding on me than one. So that's his rationale for wanting for not wanting to sign for something middling or whatever the Spurs might be trying to to pitch to him during the season. I like, why not have multiple people bid on me? Um, and then you look at it from the Spurs' point of view. Sure, we could lock him up now if you give him a max. He's not going to turn down a max deal probably right now, but there's no reason to do that, to lock him up into that because I don't think he's a max player anymore. So if you're going to let him go on the market, which it seems like DeMar wants to do and the Spurs is probably – I mean, they're they're not going to lock him up before that. So then, your your choices are either let him go for nothing, or try to get something for him. And I think if they let him go for nothing, the problem is, like, they're still 
probably an over the cap team. Mm-hmm. So you can't mm-hmm. you can't say, oh, he goes away, his twenty seven million go away, you can spend that on somebody else. You that doesn't work that way. They're over the cap. They wouldn't be able to sign a twenty seven million dollar player. So I mean you could probably shed his salary, trade some other salaries, create a Right. But for who? Right. Because this isn't this it's it's not a good free agent market next summer. And yeah, and the Spurs aren't a big free agent destination. I'm right. you know, I don't know if I'm breaking news here. So, and it, there's nuance to it. It's not like the Spurs are saying, we have to trade DeMar DeRozan. We need to get rid of this guy. They value him up and down the, um, the power structure with the Spurs from the locker room to the front office to the coaching staff. Everybody has great things to say about DeMar. Like, they're not trying to get rid of a clubhouse locker right. room well, cancer no, of or anything. Not. No, no, no. But it just seems to be the type of thing that's going to be considered and probably will be considered if the Spurs don't just I think the only way you don't do this is if they all of a sudden win 10 of 11 games and become like a legitimate uh, um, you know either playoff team or even better than that. Yeah, I, mean, I think if they can talk themselves into we have a chance to make the playoffs then they might be able to talk themselves into well then we have to keep right. tomorrow around right. and I'm not saying that's the right way to look at it Right. but I think they can talk themselves into that and LaMarcus is another player who teams would be interested in. The, the, the deadline isn't as urgent there because I mean, he's, he's signed for another year beyond this season. Yeah. That'll become guaranteed, I think, relatively soon within the next month or so. So those are things to look forward to the rest of um, the season. We will be back with another Spurs Insider podcast within the next week or so. Um, hope everybody out there is enjoying your holiday season. And until the next time, take care of each other and keep it real.